Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Sarah Golseth. It's open enrollment season. It's that time of year when we all think about our health insurance and what that means for us, what we need, what we don't need, and how to go about getting it. We have Anne-Marie Wallace and our friends from Lutheran Senior Services in studio today to talk about all of this. And thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for their support of Faith and Family. You can learn more about Concordia University, Wisconsin on our website, kfuo.org, and look for the CUW logo in the sponsor section. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Why, good morning, Sarah. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? And I'm great, especially when we get to have you as our, our host here. For, it's always fun. I know. It <laughs> happens every once in a while um, when Andy is out and about, and we yeah. really love getting to share with you a little bit about Lutheran Senior Services and sharing with all of you listening as well some really important information and tips. Absolutely. So who do you have with us in studio today? Well, I have actually several people with me in <laughs> studio today. Um, the first is our Facebook Live Viewing Group. So we always Facebook Live our times with you here at KFUO so that people can see what's happening. We'll give them a nice wave here. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And you can join as well if you want to see what's happening in studio by going to facebook.com slash Lutheran Senior Services. The video will pop right up there. We'd love for you to join us. But then actually in studio with me, Sarah, <laughs> is Jennifer Gonzalez. She is the Social Services Coordinator at Breeze Park Senior Living Community, which is in St. Charles. It's one of our life plan communities. And Jennifer is here today because you're right, open enrollment is upon us. And mm -hmm. a lot of the times around the seasons, particularly, we get lots of questions in regards to Medicare and Medicaid, the kind of two big M's there. And Jennifer, with her background, is going to give us a lot of good information. So if you have questions, if you know other people who maybe aren't able to listen right now, um, but they have questions, now is such a great opportunity to grab yourself a pen and pen and we're going to write down the wisdom, basically, of Jennifer here. <laughs> Jennifer, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Amory. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, as I was researching on my own a little bit, so I know a little bit of what I'm talking about today of uh, Medicare and Medicaid, I, I appreciate Jennifer for being here because it is confusing. I've, I've got a few more years before I have to worry about it, but good grief. It's, 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 a, it's a bit of a monster to... It is. To, to wade through. Well, and there's just, there's a lot of differences. There are some similarities. But so mm -hmm. I thought we'd start off with, Jennifer, can you explain to us all what is the difference between Medicare and Medicaid? Because they are not the same thing. They are not the same thing at all. Medicare is a health insurance program for people 65 and older or for people who have a disability and have been dis disabled for more than two years. Medicaid is a program for the financially indigent, which can vary as to what programs are offered based on your living situation. So Medicaid is for those who are 65 or older or with a disability, and Medicare is for maybe some people who have some financial um, stressors and aren't able to pay for the care that they need. So does that mean, Jennifer, that you could, if you were 65 and older, get Medicare and Medicaid at the same time? You could. You could have Medicare and Medicaid at the same time. So I know one of the other differences that you were saying is one kind of is done at a state level and one is more of a federal. Can you yes. explain that? Because that's going to be important later mm -hmm. on. Okay. So Medicare is a federally issued program, which is the health insurance piece of it. And Medicaid is a state issued program, still federally funded, but issued by the individual states, according to income guidelines. 
There we go. And I know that when I have questions about it, it's really like, because you hear in the news all the time, Medicaid and Medicare, and they'll talk about state funding and they'll talk about federal funding. And it's really good to have that distinction there between understanding, because especially when we talk about how things are changing for these two programs, it's good to know kind of where that funding is ultimately, or decisions about that funding are coming from. Absolutely. And and enrollment for this, um, how is that handled for these people that, that are coming up to that, that age group or, or thinking about needing these programs? So when you're eligible for Social Security benefits, then you qualify for your Medicare benefit. If you start receiving Social Security, then you will start receiving Medicare automatically. Part A, Medicare Part A. Um, you have to enroll for Medicare Part B. And to do that, you can either call your Social Security office, visit your Social Security office, or go online to the Social Security Administration. And you just said Part A <laughs> and Part B. Yes. What are those? Part A is the hospital benefit under Medicare. Part B is the other medical coverages that Medicare offers. Part B is an optional program. So everyone would get part A and you could say, oh, I'd like to also include part B as well. Correct. Now, I also heard you say something that was really interesting in the fact that you need to you need to like sign up for it, basically. How soon should you start that process? So if you're like coming up, you're maybe in your early 60s. I mean, when should they start doing something now or when's the best time to start kind of lining up that paperwork? Um, probably the best thing to do is start researching your options when you turn 64. Um, options can change on a yearly basis. So you kind of have to stay up on what's going on in the Medicare world. So I would start definitely looking into things when you're 64 and a half. Mm-hmm. And then you can start enrolling sooner as you get closer to 65. Okay. And that's, that's really important because you want to make sure that when you do turn 65, that everything kind of is in place. Correct. Sure. And so you mentioned part A and part B. Are those the only two parts of Medicare? They or are, there are not. <laughs> oh boy. What are there the other are ones? still more parts. Um, there's the prescription drug coverage, which is Medicare part D. Traditional Medicare without the part D coverage does not offer any coverage for prescription drug plan, prescription drugs. So it, you definitely want to look into a prescription drug plan. If you do not enroll in a prescription drug plan, by the time you turn 65, then there is a penalty of 1% for every month that you did not register when you were eligible. So you might want to look into the prescription drug plan as soon as you turn 65 as well. Okay, so I'm just going to synopsis it for everyone here, (laughs) for Sarah and I in studio. So everyone gets Part A. You can choose to get Part B, but really you also need to get Part D, and you have to do that before you're 65. Correct. Okay, and we just jumped over C. Does C not exist? Well, C is what they call a Medicare Advantage plan. So yet another option in the maze of Medicare. uh, Medicare Advantage plans are um, privately managed insurance plans. So you're, if you opt for a Medicare Advantage plan, you don't have the traditional Medicare anymore. In that, the Medicare Advantage plan becomes your primary insurance. So if you get Part C, you're not getting Part A? In a manner of speaking, yes. We're going to go with that, the simplified version. <laughs> well, and that brings up another thing. If you're on, if you're on Medicare um, Part A, is that all the insurance you need or are there other things that you need to supplement with that? Um, In most cases, you will also need a Part B, the Part B, Medicare Part B, Mm -hmm. to cover doctor visits, any lab work that you might have if you need any testing or x-rays or anything like that. That's where the Medicare Part B is going to come in. 
and provide some coverage. If you only have the A, you're only looking at hospital coverage. Okay, so A is hospital coverage, B is going to the doctor, D is for your prescriptions, and then C is kind of this optional Yes, an optional program Mm -hmm. that you can choose instead of the traditional Medicare. Okay, so Jennifer, obviously, even sitting here in studio, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, (sighs) this can be really confusing. Can you give us a little bit of help in terms of where's a good place to start? If you're confused, maybe just as Sarah and I are, (laughs) where do you start with all of this to get the basics? Um, Medicare.gov is the website for Medicare. It can walk you through the steps. It can explain all the different parts of Medicare, explain what you're eligible for, depending on your zip code, because there are different options for you, especially with the prescription drug plan, as far as what companies offer coverage based on where you're living. Now, I'm sure you get questions all the time and in terms of people who are are wanting to come and understand their benefits. And of course, you probably are an amazing resource. The Medicare.gov is an amazing resource as well. And so just to reiterate, planning beforehand and starting to research now is really the most important factor, especially if you're not 65 yet. Correct. And there's many ways you can do that. You can use your local ombudsman. They will be able to help you navigate through Medicare. There's also CLAIM, which is an insurance program that's available to help people. doesn't actually offer the insurance, but it helps explain the different options for insurance. Okay. So we have Medicare.gov. You said the ombudsman. Can you explain a little bit more what that word means and where to find these people? Every state has an ombudsman program. And what it is, is that they are advocates for older adults no matter where they're living. Could be in a facility, in a long-term care community, assisted living community, independent living community. Could be living at home. They can help provide you with resources maybe that you need in order to stay independent in your home. They're just a wealth of information about all kinds of things. Oh, that's really good to know. So then on top of that, you said claim, and I know they actually have an informational hotline. They do have a hotline. Um, And the number for that is 1-800- Three nine zero three 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 zero, and claim is available to help walk you through your options. So all those that part A, part B, part C, also called Medicare Advantage, and then part D, all of these people can help kind of if you still have questions or are really new in starting that research, those are great resources to start with and something um, that we here at Lutheran Senior Services, I mean, I'm sure that you're in touch with all of these organizations and people as well, kind of as a partner. Absolutely. We all have to work together in order to get our older adults the best services they can receive. And I know that Medicare is in the news a lot. Medicaid is in the news a lot because of federal funding. Can you talk a little bit about how you see that in your daily life at Breeze Park? Sure. At Breeze Park in our rehab area called REACH, we are working with people that are coming from the hospital, either due to an elective surgery or an accident or an illness that need to get a little bit better. Typically, Medicare will offer up to 100 days of a skilled rehab stay. However, with changes to Medicare and in an attempt to maintain its solvency over the next several years, the goal now is to come in for rehab and then return to a lower level of living. So returning home, going to assisted living, whatever the case may be, Mm -hmm. and using services such as home health care or outpatient therapies 
or outpatient clinics to help continue the rehab at home. Gotcha. So in order to make sure that these programs are around for longer, because, you know, there's only a limited amount of funds, and that's probably what we all hear about in the news all the time, that they're, they're coming out with some significant changes to kind of help that process. Um, and I know I hear about it all the time as well, you know, as we try to communicate this, because I'm sure you have a lot of people who come in who are like, I'm going to be here for the next hundred days. Right. Absolutely. And in reality, they're probably only going to be in rehab for two to three weeks, you know, until they're able to function a little bit more on their own and return back to their prior living arrangements. And that would be they return home probably earlier than they thought, but they're still getting that care. It's just coming right to their home. Correct. Sure. Correct. And how how does that insurance, uh, how, do the, how do the insurance plans affect how long you stay or or your your care at home? Sure. Well, of course, different insurance plans work with different providers, um, but typically the home health care would be provided by your insurance company. As far as co-pays, that's up to the individual plans. So you'd have to check with your individual plan as, as to what that coverage would be. Sure. And you're, Anne-Marie, you're talking about some big changes. What What are some of these these big changes coming down the pipeline? Well, both for Medicaid and Medicare, there are changes. So I'll speak on the Medicare side or the Medicaid side and I'll give Jennifer the Medicare side. So for Medicaid, as Jennifer said earlier, that comes from the state level. So each state kind of determines their budget for the year. So really Medicaid can change every single year, depending on the budget that they have available. And that for a lot of people, for a lot of older adults, as well as for others um, within our communities who are working off of limited resources, I mean, that can be a huge up in the air thing for them in terms of, you know, what kind of assistance am I going to get in that regard? So that's why when it gets time to our local governments, um, the Missouri State for us here in St. Louis, that's why we're such big proponents of, of meeting with legislators, of talking with community representatives, because these are our neighbors. These are the people um, who are living around us and definitely need that help. And so we act as advocates on that behalf to make sure that our those people who are representing us in government understand the needs of their constituents. Sure. And that that can be a significant uh, issue for for people who who think that they're going to have something covered in the next year and then don't. Mm hmm. It definitely is. We see that a lot of the times when Jennifer says, you know, people come talk to us because um, they have questions and they have concerns. And it can be some of our residents sometimes who are within kind of our Lutheran Senior Services family, but also it's outsiders as well um, who just kind of come to us because they know that this is what we are experts in. Um, but these questions, you know, weigh deep on them because they know that it's going to affect them for, for the next year or so and also affect their families. Sure. So that is Medicaid. Those are some changes there. So just know that every year kind of things could be different. Um, and of course, on top of that, um, Medicaid benefits, they also start to follow patients. So if you were to, to move from one state to the other. So there are some good things. Um, when we talk about Medicaid and Medicare, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, it, it does provide really good things. But I think we tend to focus um, maybe on some of its weaker aspects or, or places where we see that there could be improvement, but really there have been some some really good ones out as well. And so when it comes to Medicaid, um, the fact that, you know, if you happen to move states, your benefits would follow you 
would follow you, that that's a great new improvement that Medicaid is offering. Yeah, that that would that sounds like something that would really uh, benefit a lot of people who need that flexibility, especially as they're older and maybe uh, their grandkids are in a different state and they want to have that flexibility of moving, but they don't want to lose that insurance that, that they need. They they would have that flexibility then. That would provide a better quality of life for for some people. Exactly. So that's Medicaid. I'm going to pass it over to Jennifer because there are changes there. Um, Tell us a little bit about what's going on in Medicare. So another big change coming out in Medicare is they are sending out new insurance cards. So those will start coming out in April of 2018 and will be continued to be sent out through April of 2019. Um, The new cards are going to have a combination of letters and numbers. No longer will it have a social security number on there. So it'll provide a little more protection for those consumers. Um, So be on the lookout for your new Medicare card and be sure to destroy your old Medicare card um, when you receive the new one. Yeah, check the mail for that. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of communication coming out from different resources, both from Medicare. I'm sure AARP is going to be influential in that, as well as, you know, we ourselves are trying to make sure that all our residents um, are aware of this change. And so the cards will start coming out in April. And that's a great time to maybe update your records, make sure that friends and family members have this new information as well, where you keep extra copies. Um, But starting in April, everyone who will be getting a new Medicare card. And this is is really for safety concerns so that we can kind of protect those social security numbers. Sure. And is that for these cards, then the old cards then won't work anymore. Is that is that the case with, with uh, this switchover with the cards? Uh, Medicare does plan to have a system in place where if you have the old card, maybe you haven't received your new card or maybe you just haven't put it in your wallet yet, <laughs> um, that they will be able to compare the numbers. Okay. So there will be an association within Medicare's system. That's that's good. That's a good. little bit of overlap <laughs> and crossover is helpful, I think, for everyone. Sure. Sure. So what what else, what other changes are happening down the line? Um, some big changes is that uh, providers are now going to be held accountable for their guests that they ha- may have, such as hospitals or skilled nursing facilities. If they have a resident, there are or a patient that readmits to their facility or readmits to a hospital, um, then they could be looking at penalties if there wasn't proper planning when the when the patient went home. So there's a lot of changes coming to different providers and they're looking at how they can improve their services to try to prevent those penalties and to provide better health care to their patients. Sure. So for Lutheran Senior Services, we actually have a care navigation. So once someone leaves our REACH short stay rehabilitation, we're still calling them and checking up with them. Hey, how's it going? How's your medication? Um, you know, is it working? How are, you know, if you went in for hip surgery, how's it feeling type thing? Are you keeping up with your in-home therapy? Um, and so I think for all our listeners out there, you're going to see more of that, that even after you leave the hospital, even after you leave what Jennifer was saying, a um, short-term rehabilitation center, that you're still going to get some some additional follow-up to make sure that you are progressing as you should. So I think that's kind of another benefit. That's a, that's a great change in the yeah. fact that we can make sure that no one kind of has a relapse and has to go back to the hospital. Yeah, that, that sounds like something that's really going to hopefully improve uh, care for people and, and improve quality of life moving forward af- after having some sort of issue or, or whatever cause them to to need care from a provider. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You know, there's so many older adults that are out there that don't have family that can come and check on them. So the coordination of care is really going to help them and that there will be an extra set of eyes kind of looking in on them through their illness. Absolutely. And, and are more changes? Are there, are there more things? There are always more things, more changes (laughs) with Medicare. And that's why it's that's why I'm so glad that we have people like Jennifer at all of our communities because they really are the front lines. And hey, I'm hearing that more changes are coming, and and they help really to inform residents, to inform um, seniors within our area of of all these changes that are coming down the pipeline because it has a direct impact on their lives and on their health. And and even as we go forward, I mean that's that's something that you always need to be aware of. Absolutely. So let let's jump back to where people can find information now that we. Now that we've gone over some more things. (laughs) So again, if you have any questions moving forward, medicare.gov. G-O-V is a great resource um, online that you can go. I'm sure they have a lot of, of resources that are even listed within that website. Absolutely. A lot of interactive tools as well mm. where you can plug in your information and it can help disseminate what works best for you. So medicare.gov. Then we have the ombudsman program. So again, that's a program that's available to any senior within the state and they're located all around the United States where you can call them and they'll do basically a consultation. Absolutely. And there's no charge for any of the ombudsman services. Is there a way to find where your ombudsman is or who they might be? Absolutely. Every state has an ombudsman resource. So, and they can tell you, point you in the right direction. Usually the ombudsman service different counties. So depending on where you live. So um, a quick Google search. Google search for ombudsman in your state will point you in the right direction. Okay. So we've got Medicare.gov, the ombudsman program. Then there's CLAIM, C-L-A-I-M, which is an informational hotline 24-7. Again, another free resource. That number is 1-800-390-3330. So they're a great place to go as well. And then, of course, if you are here within the St. Louis area or closer um, to one of our life plan communities in central Missouri and central Illinois, um, we have got amazing social services coordinators like Jennifer at each of our communities. So Jennifer, again, is out at Breeze Park in St. Charles, um, but we have a lot of information. They have a lot of information as well that they would be happy to share. Sure. So even if someone uh, isn't living at LSS or doesn't have a family member there, they could they could contact you and, and ask ask questions of of your very knowledgeable staff please do i'm going <laughs> to offer them up absolutely and, say, <laughs> and so what is how would they how would they contact you then so if you just want to call um, Google Lutheran Senior Services, go to our website. You can find the community closest to you. Their main number is listed right there at the top of the website. Ask for the social services coordinator, um, and they can be a good resource there as well. Fantastic. And and other than insurance, what else would a social services coordinator be able to help uh, somebody with if they had other questions? We do a variety of things. <laughs> Many hats. Many hats. Um, we work with discharge planning for people leaving our reach short stay uh, rehabilitation uh, to set up, make sure they're set up at home with all the resources that they need. We provide some crisis intervention. Uh, We help with insurance, of course, and really just help in whatever aspect of our guests and residents' lives that they may need help with. 
Sure. And again, they're a great resource. So even if, you know, they can pass you off maybe to another resource that would be, you know, have the answers that, that people are looking for, if you were to give them a call as well. Like when I talk to Jennifer and when I talk to other ones, it's just like I, I should be writing down everything because they know so much and all of it is really beneficial, especially as we go here into open enrollment. Absolutely. And you mentioned home home health care. How um, does, does Medicare and Medicaid both cover those home health care services? Um, they do in different ways. Uh, Medicare and or a Medicare Advantage plan will typically be the ones that would cover home health care. Mm-hmm. Um, the Medicaid programs may offer some in-home services, but it may or may not be a skilled service. A nurse, a physical therapist, an occupational therapist really depends on the state and the program that they're enrolled with. Sure. So that's something else that somebody could uh, research or or call you or or go to Medicare.gov. Um, I've pulled the website up and there's there's a whole slew of information on there about um, signing up for your plans, what 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 it's going to cost you, what it covers. I know there's there's always questions about um, you know if I go to a doctor. Is it going to be covered? Exactly. Yeah. Medicare.gov. That is a great resource to start there with. Um, Definitely one that we direct people to all the time as well. But all in all, really, it's all about a little bit of pre-planning, a little bit of foresight, research on your part, and then you should be good to go. Awesome. Anne-Marie Wallace, Jennifer Gonzalez, thank you so much for being my guest today. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.